Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And Silencio Bruno! If you didn't want to know that, then Silencio Kieran! Because that is a spoiler and that's what we do here, kind of. It certainly is. Now, we've just watched Pixar's Luca and we're coming back to see how well we did with predicting the plot of it all the way back in 2021, just before the movie came out on Disney Plus and was released in select cinemas. So, if you haven't listened to this show before, I think it's important to point out that this isn't necessarily a review of Pixar's Luca. So, we already did an episode where we predicted what was going to happen in it, as I said, all the way back in 2021. So, I strongly urge you to listen to that episode first. Also, we're going to spoil a lot of major plot elements from the movie. So, if you haven't seen Luca yet, it's probably a smart idea to watch that movie too, before continuing any further with this episode. Because, yeah, we're not going to go over the plot beat by beat. So, if you're not familiar with the actual plot of the movie, you may get a little bit confused in this episode. Well, maybe, maybe not. But, yeah, still, I think it's fair. That's a warning we cover, like a blanket warning that we do at the start of all of these actual spoilers episodes. So, Matty D, how much do you reckon Pixar's Luca made in the worldwide box office? Look, it's got to make bank, right? What was its budget? I can't tell you that. Why not? Because it was released directly to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Look, uh, I think it's- still it- trying to work out the box office. <laughs> I, I think, I think it- uh, I think it would have made- Three hundred mil. <laughs> okay, just a number I just guessed. Okay, and where's this money coming from? I don't know. <laughs> Since it didn't wasn't released. Okay, cinemas. can I can I guess again? Ninety mil, ninety five mil. Okay, you're getting closer. So it was released theatrically in countries where Disney Plus is not available. So like uh, China, Thailand, I think. Uh, definitely China. So. The bulk of the money that it made in the worldwide box office did come from China, so it made forty nine point eight million dollars. But speaking of, well, why? Ugh, was that that didn't come to cinemas? I guess so. Anything you know, they've already paid for it. Anything on top of that is just a bonus, and it was the most streamed movie of twenty twenty one. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's bad, isn't it? (laughs) No, I'm just teasing. Yeah, no, that's of all platforms. On any platform, Pixar's Luca was the most streamed movie that whole year. Nice. So, it must have done all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. So, Matty D, would you care, before we dive into how well we did, would you uh, please explain our point system, how we do our point system in these episodes for anybody who may not be familiar? Absolutely. So, we did this episode together. We were holding hands as well while we yeah, did it. Flippers. So, what we've done is we've split the workload between us. I'm going to be covering what we got right in our prediction of Luca, and Kieran's going to be covering what we got wrong in our prediction of Luca, and we're just going to count all those points, tally those up, and see where the ratio lies there. Yeah, and Matty D covered everything we got right, so it's only fair that we just dive straight into uh, how well we did. Cool, cool. Let's let's do it. So, this is what we got right with Luca. Now, the first thing that we said- So, the first thing we said when we were just sort of discussing and spitballing about the movie is that we thought that there would be a plot point where it would rain at one point. Yeah, which it did. We, we hinged our whole plot on this whole raining point. <laughs> Which it did. And that yeah. was a big part in the movie. So, I'll give us a point for that. We said that Luca would be the audience surrogate. We said that he would be shy yeah. and scared. And the movie would be him developing courage. And it would be his friends who encourage him to be adventurous. Which yeah. I give us a bunch of points for that. Three in total because we pretty much called it. It was an easy guess. Yeah. With the bio and with the trailer. But- and the fact that the movie's called Luca and <laughs> yes. not Luca and Alberto. Yes, yes. But we did get that right, to be fair. We called Alberto's character pretty well. We yeah. said that he would be pushing Luca to do stuff out of his comfort zone. We said that all the ideas would be Alberto's ideas yeah. and he would be, you know, the one that was pushing for all the adventures. Didn't we say that he would be confident to the point of reckless? Yes, and we get points for that later on. Okay, there we, we go. That. But that's two points uh, for those two things. We said that Julia would be a tomboy. Now I think she is. Mm-hmm. 
that was you actually who said that. And yeah, we also said that we'll she- get into your inputs on Julia's character in a second. <laughs> The inventor, Julia? You yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it. We said that she would be their guide to the human world, so that's true. That gives us a bit yeah. for that. Uh, we talked about flying machines. Okay, this is something I want to talk to you about because okay. we spoke about the flying machines. And <laughs> One of us, it doesn't matter who, Karen. doesn't matter. It okay. does not matter who. One of us thought the flying machines would be built and made and they would actually fly sure. them. doesn't matter who, Karen. We're not blaming okay. anybody. Okay. And the other person thought it would be a, ger- a dream sequence. An imagination sequence. An imagination sequence. Is I believe what that person said. (laughs) Yes. And it turns out that that person was correct with the imagination sequence, but we never kind of resolved what happened with the flying machines. So, I guess there's no points there. I know. Well, I think we were correct in saying, yes, it was an imagination sequence, along with running along the rings of Saturn. Yes. Well, we we talk about that later on. Because I saw all of that stuff in the trailer. I'm like, there's no way that that's actually in the movie. Well, later on, I give us a point. (laughs) Well, sorry. One person (laughs) saw the trailer and was just like, well, this has to all be in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, no, we're not blaming anyone. We're not blaming anyone. But See, the, the way that I could tell that it wasn't actually happening in the movie was because everything was really stylized. So, the, the clouds were just circular discs rather than looking like the clouds in the rest of the trailer. So, I'm like, well, this is clearly an imagination sequence yeah. or just a, a dream. Well, it was a dream in the movie. So, I, so technically it is right because that's what we settled on. I guess so. I give us a point later on for calling all the imagination scenes later on, but sure, we okay. never kind of landed on what the flying machines were. So I, guess, I, don't I, guess, think, I don't think we ever really would have worked it out. I mean, we yeah. could have if we put two seconds of thought in, but uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's really important to the, the overall plot that we got a dream sequence, <laughs> correct? No. no. So I guess, I guess there's no point there. But So at this point, we're talking about the cast list and we talked about Julia's father. We thought that Julia's father yeah, would appear Massimo. to be, yeah, would appear to be like a tough guy, but he's actually a lot softer than what he looks like mm-hmm. or acts like. And we said that this would be played for comic relief. We'd be surprised with how well, much of a softy. I is. don't think it was played for comic relief in the actual movie. Um, That's I, why I got it as a point we got wrong. Well, I give us everything a, else. I agree yeah, with, I, I, I except us, for the whole comic relief yeah, thing. I, I think you're right. It's definitely played for shock. Like it's it's we're supposed to be surprised by the way he acts. Yeah. But That's yeah, right. you, you well, are. Well, it's right. supposed to be surprising how warm he actually is when he comes across as a very cold-hearted mm. guy. He's originally depicted as we would ever see his facial features. So his eyebrows and his mustache cover up his mouth and eyes. So in the same way that like a, a character wearing sunglasses in a movie will give off a vibe of like, oh, we don't know where their where their hearts at or where their emotions lie because you know the eyes are the most expressive part of the face. But they do this thing where like his eyebrows will arc up and we get like a little bit of emotion from him. It's that way. It's so cute. It's so cute. It is. Uh, the other thing we said was that the cat, his cat, would be suspicious of our yep. hero. So I'll give us a point for I like that. to imagine that the cat's name is Catamo. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I don't remember what the cat's name actually is. I can't remember either. Uh, it was a word. It, it was something like, um, oh, I can't remember. It was an Italian word. Mm. But I can't remember what it was. Anyway, but we called the cat's character. I mean, it was pretty evident in the trailer, but, you know, we said it, so we get a point, which is going to be a theme, by the way. Yeah. We predicted that the antagonist, what was his name? Ercole. Yeah, yeah. So we really butchered a lot of the Italian names in that original episode. One of them specifically was Ercole. We called him (laughs) Ercole. <laughs> with our terrible Australian accents. Exactly. So we said he was going to be overconfident and annoying and he would have flunkies that would follow him around. I give us two points for both of those predictions there. Yeah. We said- and then we went and kept going into the sandwiches thing like <laughs> it was a joke, but it turned out that was actually a big part of his character. <laughs> yes, yes. Hope you gave us points for that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did because he loves eating sandwiches. We did, do, do we did discuss we like, that. He thinks that everyone enjoys watching him eat sandwiches and that is a part of his character. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's that's a line from the from the trailer as well. No, it's not Isn't in it? the trailer at all. I thought, I thought no, it, was. it was in the bio. Oh, it's the bio. Yes, you're right. 
yeah, give us a point for that because he enjoys eating sandwiches and having people watch him yeah. eat sandwiches. <laughs> He's the original mukbang streamer. <laughs> yeah, you said that in the original yeah. episode. <laughs> I'd, I'd missed that when you said it before and I got a huge chuckle out of it when I listened to it again. I was like, I missed that, yeah. Uh, we said that Lorenzo, who, is it, is it Lorenzo? The, Who's Lorenzo? It's, um, what, what's um, Luca's father? Uh, it could be Lorenzo. Yeah. I just called him Luca's father. Well, Luca's father, we said, was going to be played for comic relief. Yep. No, I, I give us a point for that. Yeah, he definitely is. More so than Massimo. Yes, yes. We said that the grandma would be cool. And did, we talk, did you give us points about the crabs? Because we kept talking about how like he'd be distracted by the crabs and wouldn't be paying attention to what Luca's mum is saying to him. And that exactly happens yeah. in one scene. Yeah. So, what, what I give us points for is that... He, we said that he's a distracted father, which is in the bio, which we read yeah. out in the bio. So it, that is correct. He's, I, gu- I guess, you know, the, the crab thing is the main yeah. distraction there, but he's not really well, paying attention. Well, we said that the goatfish would be like goats and the crabs would be like, uh, well, dogs or cats. And that's which exactly is, yeah, how it was. Which is in the exactly movie. how it is. Yeah. Hope you gave us points for that I, as well. I didn't originally, but I guess we get two more points then. So then we start talking about, so that was us talking about the characters. And then we go into the actual movie itself. Now, I know you're going to go into what we got wrong about the start of the movie, but I just mm. want to give us a point because technically speaking, we do we do say that the movie is going to start underwater and technically the first 10 minutes of the movie is underwater. Well, not the first 10 minutes. I know. Part of the first 10 minutes. I know, which I know you're probably going to discuss yeah. that, but I thought I'd give us a point because that's, yeah, that's worth it. In a loose way, we were right. Yeah. We don't really- Yeah. Except for that one bit, we don't really go to the surface until like 10 minutes into the Yeah, that's Roughly right. 10 minutes into the movie. Well, you originally pitched in that episode that we might start off by seeing the town of Porto Rosso before we go underwater. Did I but say I was that? very much against it because I was like, no, I, I think it's going to be a while before we see Porto Rosso, which thankfully we settled on that because that's how exactly how it was in the movie. We don't see Porto Rosso until at least half an hour into the movie. Yes. Maybe 20 minutes. Yes, 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 yes. Where Alberto takes him to Porto Rosso. Well, they both go there for the first time because mm-hmm. Alberto's never been there. Yeah. So, the next thing we say is that we meet Luca's parents and they tell him how dangerous the surface world is. Mm-hmm. There's a point for that. We said that uh, Luca would go to the surface- and come back and get in trouble. Now, yeah. technically speaking, that is correct. That, we, that does kind of happen. Yeah. So, we give us our two sets of points for that. We said that Alberto, and we thought that Alberto was rich, like he was already friends with Luca. But yeah. We said that Alberto would be the person that pushes Luca to visit the surface. Yeah, he certainly is. And quite is. literally. It is. <laughs> and, and he literally pushes him out of the water. Yep. And the reason we said that is because we, we sort of saw that Alberto had a bunch of human stuff. So, we're like, oh, he's, yeah. got, he's coming and going. So, it gives a point for that. We were wrong with the context, but we did say that they uh, did want to run a race when they go to the service. Yeah, the Porto Rosso Cup. The Porto Rosso Cup. We're almost completely off on that. Yeah. The but- only element that we got close was that it, there was a Porto Rosso Cup. <laughs> yes. So, we got that right. And we also said that they would build a bike, which they do. Um. Yes. Okay. Yes. But so- not for the race. No, we thought we'll it was for the that. race, which I'm sure you're going to go into. But technically, they did build a bike. So, give us a point for that. Well, they built a, a Vespa scooter. Right. Well, it's not branded as a Vespa scooter. They build a scooter <laughs> in a very rudimentary way. <laughs> yes. But they don't really use it for anything. Except for driving up ramps. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is just such a little boy thing, really. <laughs> yes. We said that Luca learns how to walk and how to be a human. Give, give us a point for that. Alberto shows him how to do that. We said that the prize for the race was going to be a brand new scooter. That's not right. That's not correct. The prize is money. Oh, yeah. But the money was going to buy the scooter. Yeah, so they do, Does that deserve they a do point? use the prize money to buy a scooter, but the prize for the race isn't a scooter, so that's not correct. Right, but I kind of feel it's kind of close. 
Yeah, Would we yeah, pay that? I mean, the, the prize does get them a scooter. So, in a very, very loose, <laughs> generous way, you could say that's correct. Do you think I should take that point away? Um, well, I've already got it as a point that we got wrong. So, okay. in a way, it was going to level out. Okay. Well, well, we'll keep it. So, at this point in our prediction, we did change our mind. We said that, you know, rather than Alberto and Luca wanting to be involved in the race, it was going to be Julia that brings up the idea of the race to the boys, which is Yeah, right. that's true. So, lucky we did that. I have no interest at all in competing in the race. No. Until Julia sort of reveals that they can get money and then they can use that money to buy the scooter. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because originally they're like, well, what do we want money for? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm Also, gl- I love that they keep referring to her as human girl when they first meet her. And she doesn't <laughs> bat an eye to that at all. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She's like, oh, yeah. Well, she's pretty eccentric herself. Yeah. So she doesn't care. But they just keep calling her human girl. Hey, I'm like, human girl. <laughs> she doesn't find that strange. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, it makes sense that you were sea monsters. Now, we said that Alberto has never been to the town, despite lying about knowing everything. I'll give us yeah. a point for that. Uh, we said that there would be a lot of fish-out-of-water comedy. Boy, is oh, yeah. there one point there. I think the alternate title for the movie was just <laughs> fish-out-of-water comedy. <laughs> yes. We said that the boys would have to try to avoid water uh, in front of the yeah. townspeople, which that's a big plot. Constant. That's a big plot element, so I'll give us a point there. We said that the uh, the bully's bike will be hit by- The, the scooter. Yeah, his scooter would be hit by a, a, a ball that Luca kicks, and he is more concerned with the, the scooter rather than his friend that it lands yeah, on. because we said that his friend would dive underneath the, uh, the scooter and it would land on him. Which happens. In order to protect it, of course. Yeah, which happens. Yeah. We said that Julie will introduce them to stuff like pasta and all- Gelato. All, gelato, yeah. All the wonderful things. Which you called things. gelato in that Which original I episode. butchered every single time. And what's funny is that out of the two of us, you're the one with the most Italian heritage. Because, <laughs> of course, the D in Matty D stands for Dolmio. Yeah, of course. <laughs> As in, he's wearing the Dolmio grin permanently. <laughs> we put the good things in, so you'll wear the Dolmio grin. Yeah, what a That's shame. That's not actually true, heritage. folks. <laughs> yes. People don't look up Matty Dolmio. You won't find anybody. <laughs> or will you? Mm. We said that they would say that they are underdogs, as in Julia, Alberto, yes. and Luca. It's not the team name. I'm sure you'll go into it, but it is mentioned. No, so it, it is a point. the team name. Is it the team yeah. name? Yeah. Okay, well, points for us then. Because they do enter as the underdogs. Oh, did they? I missed that. Originally. But then, of course, the team is split up yeah. as the, the conflict happens in the movie. Right, right. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. I just thought they just called it, you know, each other in that moment there. We said that there would be a dinner scene uh, oh, as boy, it played out in the trailer. Yes. Yeah. We, I won't go into what we said because it was exactly what what happened in the trailer yeah. where they're, you know, eating and they're trying to hide their- Their uh, sea monster forms. Sea monster-ish, yeah. From There's- Massimo and Julia. Mm-hmm. Look, we're doing it already. <laughs> and the whole bit with the cat. Yeah. And the whole bit with the cat, exactly. We said that Luca and Alberto will tell everyone that they can't swim. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they do. We said that Akoli or whatever his name is. Akoli. Akoli would be competitive with Luca and Alberto. He is. Certainly is. He has like a vendetta against them. We said that the townspeople would talk about sea monsters and how much they're afraid of sea monsters. That does happen. Yeah. We said that the cup would be the main conflict. It is. Yeah. We yeah. said it's the driving thing for the whole movie. Because yeah. remember when we went into that movie originally, when we went into talking about Luca originally, we were like, all right, we understand the concept of the movie, but where's the plot going to go from the initial concept? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we were like, oh, of course, it's about the cup. And then once the cup is resolved, the movie's resolved, which is, yeah, it was exactly right. Which is, yeah, which is how the movie played out. Yeah. We said that the scooter they built is a piece of crap. Which yes, is. it certainly is. They build multiple scooters. <laughs> they do. We said that the boys are revealed to be sea monsters in front of everybody. Yep. The context was wrong here, but this does happen. Well, the rain does tie into it because we said that when they come out of the water from rescuing Julia, which, mm-hmm. of course, doesn't actually happen in the movie, uh, it's raining so they can't you know, return to human form. So they just have to remain and see monsters in front of everybody. 
which is pretty close to how it was in the actual movie. Yeah, and that was going to be my next point, was it happened during a storm, which is what we predicted. We yeah, predicted okay. the rain would expose them. So, it technically happens twice, but, uh, you know, that, that does happen. They get exposed in front of all the townspeople, and it is during rain, which, yeah, that's which right. exposes them. We said that the parents would be looking for them. It was a kind yeah. of, there was kind of back and forth about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I go into that as well. But it does happen. We thought that, and we're sort of rounding to the end of our prediction here, we thought that sea monsters would be seen as heroes because they saved Julia. And I mean, not heroes, but they are seen as equals. Yeah. At the end of the and movie- And the winners of the Portarosa Cup. Yes. At, at the end of the movie, sea monsters and humans come together, which we predicted, which yes. does happen in the movie. Yeah. Not the way we they thought- They create a joint society. But it does happen. Well, it, it does happen pretty much in the way that we thought, because they share resources together, as we see in the closing credits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That bit we did call. But I'm, I'm just saying, w- what we thought was going to happen was that they were going to save oh, Julia. that's right. And the then towns- leave. Yep, yep. And then town- the townspeople are going to be like, oh, these guys are heroes. We'll embrace them now. What actually happens is- They're pretty much accepted straight away. They're ex- accepted straight away. And now the whole town is like, well, we're going to live hand in hand with sea monsters. Yeah, that's right. And it's all going to be- Which was an element we got. Which is what we got the point for. All the points for. Did they change the statue? That's what I want to know. Yeah, we had this whole thing about dethroning, like, pulling down the statue. I would think yeah. they would. I don't know. I wasn't paying enough attention when I rewatched the movie. Maybe there's some old boomers in that town that are just like, no, this is a piece of history. How dare you? <laughs> well, the oldest people in the town are sea monsters. Yes. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Yeah. That was a really cool moment where you're just like, hey, those guys are sea monsters. Yeah. So by now- the way, you didn't mention the grandmother's character at all, which we also nailed. No, I did. I said that the grandma was like- a No, cool- you didn't mention it at all. The co- I-, I mentioned earlier on that the grandma was a cool grandma that uh, covered for Luca. No, you never mentioned that. I swear I did. No, you didn't. Well, I do give us points for that. Oh, what good. I, what I'm I, glad, because um- we talked about how the grandmother would cover for Luca when he's gone up to the surface world, and that exactly happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's in my and notes. And we also said that she goes up to the surface world herself, yes. and she does in the actual yes. movie. So, I must so, again, I hope you covered that. Yeah, no, no. It, it was in my notes. Maybe I didn't say it. But you didn't say it because I was waiting for it this oh, whole time. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. So, I'm like, we did such a good job with that. We did call the grandma. We said that the grandma was going to be a sort of more understanding character. Well, in the, the bio, it said that she's all too willing to look the other way with Luca's surface world adventures. So, yes. I guess we derived most of it from that. But, in, but with the whole aspect that she, you know, actually goes up to the surface regularly herself- was something yes. we called that was actually in the and that, movie. And that was a twist in the movie that yeah. did um, eventuate. It did pay off, yeah. Yeah. So we, I we, think that's important I, to I point think out like I thought that was good. We got three points in total for that. Okay, cool. So now we threw a few predictions out there. We said that Julia would not have friends before meeting Alberto and yeah. Luca, which is true yeah. as far as we know. I There's mean, so many kids in the town, not friends with any of them. <laughs> They're all assholes. We said that Alberto was going to be confident to the point of being reckless and yes. he needs to be more sensible. There's your point, sir. There you go. We said that Julia would rescue the two boys from being bullied. Yeah, I'll give us a point for that. Yep. That exactly plays out in the movie. We said that the outlandish stuff would all be dream sequences. Give us a yep. point. That does happen. There we go. We've already discussed yeah, it. We've already yes. discussed that. But that, you know, I'm just, you know, that the, those points were coming. Uh, we said that Luca's lack of knowledge of the surface world would be seen in his dreams. And I guess we see that because, you know, he sees the fish as stars. Yeah, that's he, right. He sees like things a little bit differently because he's not aware of certain things. Yeah, his perception of clouds is very sort of, as I said, as I explained before, it's very different how they actually are. Which is something I really appreciated the second time I watched it. I was like, oh, 
it's it's all very different because he doesn't know a lot of. This yeah, stuff. that's right. It's just his perception of the world, like uh, the wild vespers driving around in the fields. Yes, it was like that was really cute. Oh, there we go. My next point was going to be the grandma is revealed to be familiar with the surface world. Okay, there, we there go. You go. <laughs> it was so coming. He just hadn't got to it yet. Hadn't got, hadn't got to it yet. Uh, we said, and then the last thing we said was that the credits would have hand drawn animation, which they do. Well, hand drawn pictures. It's not animated. Yes, okay, sure. Hand-drawn pictures, but I give us a point. Yeah, anyway. I thought that was pretty good, too. And I thought with- that was a pretty good guess on your behalf. Thank you very much. I, I contribute something sometimes. Because that's what you say at the end of every CGI <laughs> movie. You say that the credits will have uh, 2D animation in some regard. Hasn't happened up until this point. Yes! Now I can retire that prediction. Now. Yes. Uh, with that, and with the points that I missed before, we got 54. 54 yes. points. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all. Let's see if it balances out, because now I'll go into everything that we got wrong. Now, straight away, uh, we sort of discussed, well, it was more so you and I was very much against it. Uh, We sort of discussed that Luca would have a crush on Julia. Yeah, I know. Now, that's not really an element in the movie. It's not. I was really looking out for it this second time around. I was just like, is it suggested? No, it's not suggested at all. No, I I will- Thankfully, they don't have to shoehorn an awkward romance (laughs) into every kid's movie like they used to back in the old days. Yes, go on. No, I I completely agree. There was no sort of infatuation or no romance at all. I thought there was going to be. There was not. No. You could even suggest that Alberto and Luca have a relationship. Alberto is so jealous of uh, Luca and Julia's relationship. But yeah, as I said, it's not clear. In fact, it's it's never really stated or obvious at all that Luca's attracted to her. I mean, Maybe you- something will blossom in the future, but they seem to have more of like a pure friendship or more of a sisterly, brotherly relationship yeah, than just, anything else. They're just friends. And I guess you can read into that, like there's a potential romance, but there's not really. Matty D's movies always fail the Bechdel test because <laughs> he always works romances into every single movie. <laughs> That's not me. I'm just that's predicting Hollywood. what Hollywood does. Okay? That's okay. That's smart. That's smart. But we movies are very much sort of moving away from that, and yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know, and I don't know if that's an improvement or if that's just a sign of our conservative times, since we've gone back very much in uh, conservatism. <laughs> now, I do love speaking of Julia. I do love that you said with full confidence in that original oh, episode. We've God, already mentioned it with full confidence. You're like, and I think she's going to be an inventor. And I was like, really. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm, there's no evidence of that. And of course, well, you know, I stamped all over that idea. Thankfully so, because it wasn't the case in the movie. I think I saw Inventions and then I saw the way she dressed and I was like- Okay. Inventor. Presumed. Inventor. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the case at all. But that wasn't a point we got wrong. Because, like I said, that's not what we eventually settled on. But I just, it just amused me so much listening back to the episode. It's not the silliest prediction ever. That could have happened. No, but I just love the the, the unfounded confidence. <laughs> that's that you all, that's me, Kieran. Oh, that's just your character. Yeah, unfounded confidence. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Now, that would be my documentary. The Porto Rosso Cup, it's very important to say, is a triathlon. It's not a scooter race. Yes. We just thought it would be a straightforward scooter race. Yes. In the actual movie, it's a swimming race, followed up by a pasta eating contest, <laughs> followed up by like a downhill bike race, which seems very dangerous for Sounds children. Sounds like a terrible, terrible experience. Yeah, it does. I'd do it, to be honest. Could you imagine eating a bunch of pasta and then like- It is raw pasta too. Not raw pasta, like they like, <laughs> As in like without sauce, it's just cooked pasta with nothing on it, oh, which yeah. is so hard to eat. Have you ever eaten just cooked pasta with yes, nothing on it? Yes, I've been a poor uni student. I certainly have done that. Yeah, I think we all have at one point in our lives, but yeah, that would be tougher than it looks. Yeah. I'd try and like not to eat anything for like maybe a day and a half before the triathlon. I mean, you'd have no energy to do the swimming. <laughs> well, no, no, it's uh, you've got it like tag team. You could have a yeah. tag team. So if you're just the dedicated eating person, you don't have to worry about doing the swimming or the cycling. Oh, that's yeah, that's smart. So I just like I'd eat nothing. I'm talking about like this is going to actually happen. So you're going to be the eater. What, yeah. what? Am I the cycler or am I the? Uh- 
I trust you more as a swimmer, to be honest. I'm the swimmer. You look, you look like a stronger swimmer than you'd be a capable cyclist. I don't know. I've never seen you on a bicycle. In fact, that's why I don't trust you as a cyclist. I've never seen you on a bicycle. It's, da- it's downhill, so I don't think I could screw it up. But I think there's a million ways you I'll, could I'll screw it up. I'll do both. I'll do the swimming and I'll do the bicycle. You eat the pasta. Sure, okay. All right. We're well, going to enter the presuming cup. we don't have a third friend. <laughs> No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> Reach out to the audience who wants to be <laughs> yeah. the third member of our team. We're the underdogs. We'll get Luke to come and do it. <laughs> so, uh, we said that Luca and Alberta will build a scooter for the intention of using it in the scooter race. Of course, there's no scooter race, and they don't build the scooter with the intention of building it for the scooter race. They just build it for the intention of having fun. Yeah. So, the prize for the cup, as we've already discussed, is not a Vespa scooter. It's money instead. But the, the equivalent of winning a scooter in a scooter race is like winning a pie from a pie-eating contest. <laughs> Such a silly idea that we thought that. But oh, well. In the trailer, it made a big deal of, of the, the scooter, Vespa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, of the Vespa scooter. Which side. was another imagination sequence. I get into that in a second as well. Now, we've already discussed this as well, that Massimo, who's Julia's father, isn't really comic relief in the movie. Mm-hmm. Every other aspect, as we've already discussed, was accurate, though. Now, we really butchered Ercole's, Ercole's name as well as Chicho, who we, I called Sissio in that original episode, but the name was actually Chicho. Which character was that? Uh, there was Chicho and Guido were oh, um, Ercole's- um, His flunkies. His flunkies, yeah. Again, we didn't lose any points for that. I just, just wanted to correct my terrible pronunciation. Now, we said that the movie would open with an upbeat song, Under the Ocean. Actually has a cold open up yeah. in a, a fishing boat with two people, two fishermen, encountering a, a sea monster who is Alberto. It was painful listening back to that episode where we were like, oh, Pixar never does a musical opening. Yeah. No, nah, they'll do it this time. Oh, well, One of us was saying Pixar never does musical openings. Yeah, I, I and know. then the other one was very <laughs> insistent that that wouldn't happen. Look, don't blame me, okay? We, we were <laughs> no, in this together. No, I wasn't together. blaming anyone. I said somebody. <laughs> Could have been me. Could have been you. Okay, all right. You're <laughs> the one who just outed yourself. <laughs> Everyone's heard the episode. Yeah, if everyone's know. listening back to the episode, they'll know. So, so we said that Alberto would be introduced as Luca's best friend. So, they were already friends at the start of the movie. It's not actually the case. They actually meet for the first time during the movie, which I was very surprised at when originally watching the movie. But yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. So, I believe they meet about 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. So, so not straight away. But you, yeah. you were right. I think it's in the 10-minute mark. So, we said that Alberto is collecting junk from the ocean floor in order to build a scooter. Now, while that technically turns out to be true... He's just collecting junk for his house. Yeah. His little rook's castle that he lives in. Yeah, he collects a bunch of garbage. I think he lives in an old sort of dilapidated lighthouse. I think so. Does that look correct? Or like a a watchtower? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, so he's collecting junk for like to keep around his house, but then he eventually uses it to build a scooter. Upon Luca's idea, of course. Now, we said that Alberto would rope Luca into helping him build the scooter in order to enter the Portoroso Cup. No, as I already mentioned, they build the scooter for fun. Yep. We said that Alberto would find a gelato, like a piece of gelato ice cream melting on the ground, and he knows what it is and he shares it with Luca. In the actual movie, they eat gelato for the first time together when the two old ladies who <laughs> turn out to be sea monsters, like, slam their ice creams into their head, and they're just like, let's eat this head ice cream. But I do like the idea, just like the, the gelato sitting in the hot sun, covered with ants, half sort of, like, uh, congealed, and Alberto's like, Luca, eat it. <laughs> So, we said that Luca's parents would take a back seat for most of the movie. Now, that was my fault. So, they're actually throughout most of the movie as humans in disguise. Who said that? Looking for- Oh, now you want to take all the credit for something silly. <laughs> Go on. Well, something intelligent, I should say. So, now you want to be the- So, it was my fault because I said, oh, they won't be around until towards the end of the movie. And you were like, I imagine that they'll be there the whole time, sort of pursuing Luca. You were absolutely right there, but we didn't settle on that. So, yeah, unfortunately, did. yeah. It's something, something we got, we got wrong. wrong. 
We said that Julia has a scooter of her own. We both were like, yeah, Julia has a scooter. She doesn't. <laughs> no. She's not shown at all in the trailer to have a scooter. We were just like, uh, misremembering. We said that Luca's parents coming into town looking for Luca. Again, this is my fault. Looking for Luca wouldn't be a huge part of the plot. Hey, hey. It was. We're in this together, Kieran. Don't don't beat yourself up. Fair enough. It. Now, we said that Ercoli, Ercoli wouldn't be the sort of bully to beat people up. He oh, constantly yeah. does. Yeah. Again, that was your contribution. Yeah. Because you don't like the idea of bullies being traditionally bullies in movies. Yeah, I know. that That's that's me. Uh, but also the style of this movie and what this movie was emulating, I didn't think that they would go in that direction too much. And it did. they did and it worked for the movie, but I thought yeah. it would, I thought he would be more of a, a joke kind of character than have any yeah. real threat. We just thought he'd be more overconfident than actually a threat. Yeah. But then it turned out he was basically the biggest threat in the movie. Because in those style- He was actively trying to kill our main characters. In like Ghibli movies, like, you know, usually the- Especially the softer ones, usually the, the quote unquote bad guy isn't, you know, that bad really. Well, depends on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Really depends on the movie. It does. So like I said, <laughs> in that original episode, you're like- like Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, I know. But a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies that I've watched were like the more darker ones where there's like sure. a huge looming world-destroying threat <laughs> and sickness and plague and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know why Matty D's like, they always have this lighter, happier tone and there's no threat. I'm like, oh, <laughs> giant bugs trying to kill people. Sure. Like uh, a, a disease wiping out the entire forest. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more Kiki's Delivery You're Service. thinking like- Porco Rosso. Specific um, movies. Yeah. Rather than the entire like catalogue. That style, that style of movie is what Yes, which of. admittedly, that's what this movie was emulating in a way. I mean, I kind of see it, but for the most part, not really. It's more so like a traditional Disney movie in a way. Really? I, I really see it. What parallels do you really see- we're not really into the review section yet, but uh, since it's come up naturally I, in the I, conversation. I, it has, yeah, I, I guess it has the same sort of feeling as those kind of movies. The the location. Oh, yeah, I was well. going to say, like, being very much like the, the location, the place of the movie is mm-hmm. very much a character as much as the actual characters are. Yes. And then having, like, a real feeling of, of place. Yeah. As in, like, you really feel like you're in that location just through uh, experiencing the culture and then having sort of like a rich sort of tapestry of a location yeah. on film. Okay, I get you. Uh, absolutely. And, and well said, Matty D. The, thank you. Thank you, Kieran. Uh, and also the whole like innocent of youth. Child, innocent, yeah. yeah. Again, that depends on the Ghibli movie, Child, but the what? ones we're thinking about. Because mm. even like one of my favorite ones, Spirited Away, has like a, a more darker tone than uh, this movie does. Yeah, th- those movies are a little bit darker. But if you if you look at like, you know, Kiki, if you look at even like Howl's Moving Castle a little bit as well. Again, that's got a very dark tone it does, to it I as guess, well. I guess it does. Because this movie has none of that darkness that I, I personally associate mm. with a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies. No, it doesn't. But uh, I, I, when I watched it, I really got that feeling from it. Mm. But I guess that's my I guess experience. in a very loose way, you could draw a lot of parallels to Porco Rosso. Yes. Which I've now seen, of course, yes. famously on this show. Yes. <laughs> that was so funny when that came up. With I that. know. And I was like, you'll love it. You'll love this movie. <laughs> I too. didn't mind it. I, well, I know. You really oversold it, though. <laughs> yes. Back to what we got wrong. Now, I originally said that there's no way that our heroes wouldn't win the race. But you said you put your foot down and, and was really determined that they would lose because that's not the point of the story. And then they realized the scooter that they made through their friendship was the real prize the whole time. And that is a beautiful sentiment, but it's completely wrong. Yes. Well, the fact that we were completely off on most of the plot (laughs) probably shows that, uh, well, the whole cup aspect anyway, probably shows that that was never going to be the case in the movie. (laughs) But eh, it was a nice sentiment, but... Yeah, like I said, I think we should have just stuck with they were going to win the race. Because <laughs> they do in the actual movie. We said that Julia's life, we've already discussed this a little bit, that Julia's life will be put in danger, as in she'll crash her scooter into the ocean and will be dragged down to the bottom. 
and Luca and Alberta will reveal themselves as sea monsters in front of everybody in order to save her life. Luca does reveal himself as a sea monster in front of everybody to save Alberto's life. Mm -hmm. So, in a loose way, we're on the right track, but no, we were wrong. We were wrong about Julia being in danger. Now, he said that Luca and Alberto would run away from the town and return to Luca's parents under the sea. Now, that's not right because the town embraces them pretty much instantly in the actual movie. Again, as we've already discussed. So, there's no real return to the ocean world at all in this movie. He said that Ercole would win the cup and wins the new scooter and then gives his own red scooter to Luca and Alberto. (laughs) Isn't that nice? (laughs) What a nice guy. What a nice guy. So, them riding the red scooter, which looks a lot like uh, Ercole's scooter in the the movie, was a fantasy sequence. So, that completely threw us off. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I guess there's no real indication in the trailer that it was a fantasy sequence. We were like, well, they've got to get that scooter at some point. Yeah. But yeah, we were completely thrown off by that. And yeah. I guess not really our fault, but uh, we were wrong, no, ultimately. No, it did look like they would get it, and that made sense. Like, if you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, of course they'll get the scooter. Do you remember- I don't know how much of a big movie guy you were back in the, the late 90s. Uh-huh. But do you remember when they would film- I remember they would do this with, like, a lot of live-action movies as well. This was something they also did in the 80s. They would film sequences for movies specifically for the trailer to make the movie look more exciting. So, we're talking about things like Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, yeah. Famously in Ghostbusters, there's a scene where- um, What's his name? Um, Dan, like, Dan Aykroyd's character from gets a blowjob from a ghost, but yeah. it turns out they just made that for the trailer and then inserted it as a dream sequence in the movie. That's a great example. Another example I was thinking of was in Inspector Gadget, the Disney's live-action Inspector yes. Gadget movie. There was a whole bunch of scenes in that movie which were just fantasies that they put in the trailer to make it look like it was going to be a more exciting movie. And I remember being a kid, being excited to see like all of these uh, crazy moments. Like, the, the one moment I'm specifically thinking of here is that Inspector Gadget is getting a kissy from his lady friend and his, like, hat opens up and, like, a rocket comes out of it really suggestively. That never happens in the movie. It's just a thing that he imagines will happen in the movie. I'm like, that's such a cop-out. Even as a yes. kid, I'm like, that's such a cop-out. I'm not suggesting that this movie did that, but I'm saying it kind of reminds me of that element where, like, you're thrown off on, like, what the movie's going to be about from the trailer. Yeah, I guess this that's is just- being creative with the trailer. Yeah, that was just one element that we got wrong- yeah. It didn't ruin the movie by any means. Like no. The, the example you gave. Also, another one was Kangaroo Jack. Do you remember that trailer? Oh, yes, you're absolutely right. Oh, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. We've discussed it before on mm. this show. But that trailer was such a, like, that really missold that movie. Yes. <laughs> this is no longer a Pixar's Luca episode. <laughs> We're just talking about doing a movie talk episode. Because <laughs> we can't do them until September. We can't do any special episodes or movie talk episodes until September. We're so oppressed with like our yeah. movie talks that they're like it's leaking out of us. Anyway. Yes. Let's oh, we've only got like two points left. Okay. So let's wrap it up and then we could talk about Luca and or whatever we want. So you actually mentioned that Chicho and Guido would turn on Ercole, but I was like, oh no, it'd be yes. better if he just turns out to be a nice guy who's misunderstood and gives them the scooter. But you you originally brought it up. So kudos to you for Thank actually you. getting, you know, an element right. <laughs> In the movie, but unfortunately, I stepped on it, and then it ultimately didn't pay out. Yeah. Now oh, we, well. s- we said that the movie would end with the three friends reunited, and they all go off together on their next adventure. Ooh, Ooh boy! So in the actual movie, Luca and Julia go to school in. Uh, I put Geneva, but that's not right. It's Genoa. I can't remember. Genoa. Where I think it's went. Genoa. G e n o a. I believe is the town. I don't know her. <laughs> Genoa. Okay. Because Geneva's not even the same country. <laughs> no, it's not even in Italy. <laughs> and yeah, of course, Alberto stays behind in Porto Rosso with Massimo and becomes his um, sort of surrogate son, in a way, if you watch the credits. 
But yeah, that was everything we got wrong. Cool. Giving us a total of 19 points. 19 points versus what was it? 54. 54. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty obvious which way the scales lean. I think we did really well. I think we did really well. I do too. Now, I also hope- I'm not too sad about all the elements we got wrong. No, me neither. First of all, I feel like even though we got stuff wrong, we were on the right track. I feel like we really understood like the overall plot of the movie and where the heart of the movie lies. Yes. And I think the movie that we predicted wasn't as good as the movie we got. Agreed. And let's talk all about it. Now, everyone who's listened to our movie talk episode where we talked about the best and worst of 2021 already knows our opinions on this movie. But Matty D, let's really put it down on the table this time. And what were your thoughts, your overall thoughts on Pixar's Luca? I loved it. And I was surprised. I didn't know what I was going to get with this movie. I thought it might have just been another Pixar movie. They're always good. But you know what I mean? I thought it was just going to be another one of these. Uh, And I was blown away. I was really kind of... Because we sort of went into this one. We went into the original prediction kind of apprehensive. Yeah. I knew it was going to be good, but I just thought, oh, it's just going to be a really nice children's movie that'll make me tear up at a certain point. Because we were like, it doesn't look like the movie has a lot going for it, basically. Yeah. And I'm a a fan of Studio Ghibli films, so I was excited for that aspect, but I thought that that was more of a marketing ploy than- it, yeah, it, me too, to be honest. It to be in the actual movie. But man, this movie had a lot of charm. Man, this movie had a lot of heart. Man, everyone was likable in this movie. Man, it was uh, such a Especially pretty- Especially yeah. Very likable. I, I kind of liked him. <laughs> Jack Dylan Grace, your mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I, but the, he, was, he was very- He was like, entertaining. He was so entertaining, yeah. There were so many interesting characters. The animation was gorgeous. Did you appreciate the how the, the mouths were always facing the camera at any point? So, it's kind of unrealistic for CGI characters, but anytime a character would turn their head to the side and talk, their mouth would be facing the camera, so their mouth would be over on the side of oh, their cheek. I didn't notice that. No. I noticed that so much the second time watching <laughs> the movie. I'm like, well, that's a very traditional animation technique. It's not really ever, it's never really been done in CGI before. But that, you remember how they used to do that in Rugrats? Yeah. Yeah, I do know that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think Charlie Brown shorts. Yeah, well. that's right. Yeah, the mouth would move to the side when the characters are facing the side. They did that all the time in oh, this movie. I, I didn't even know. Which I that. thought was a very interesting stylistic cool choice. Style. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, the animation was impeccable. Yeah, really, really pretty movie. Um, really sweet ending as like well. Like the gelato. Yes, yes. Sweet I, ending, you say? I, I really love the ending, yeah. You mean like, a, I found it a really tear-jerking ending, yeah, to be honest. me too. I was like crying like a baby at the end. <laughs> Both times I've seen the movie, I teared up at the ending, I've got to say. Can I tell you what my second experience with this movie was? Oh, yeah, please. So, my first experience with this movie was I kind of begrudgingly sat down and watched it. And I was like, okay. oh, here we go. You weren't expecting it to be good, right? Yeah, I, 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 I was the same going the first time. I was, you know, I was busy. It was more of a chore. And the underwater sequence was happening. And I was like, okay, let's keep going. And yeah. then once they get into the town and once things start happening with Alberto, I was like completely invested. I was like, oh my yeah. God, this is great. And I was having the best time. So, that was my first experience. My second experience, I was like, oh, we're watching Luca. Yeah. Rubbed my hands. Went and cooked myself some uh, pesto pasta. You did too. I, I, did, I, did, I, did. I knew you would. I knew you would. I, and and because uh, I'm a vegetarian, so I can't have the the fish stuff in it. But I, I cooked, there's like, no fish in it, isn't it? It is a traditionally oh, a vegetarian pasta. There we go. Well, that's I, you just presumed there was fish in it because he spends for no reason at all <laughs> the majority of the time cooking chop, chopping up fish. Why? Well, I guess he's a fisherman, right? I don't know. But I yeah. But yeah. So I cooked I cooked some pesto pasta and I also, sat there. Can you imagine fish and pesto and potato? That'd be so disgusting. It would be. <laughs> Speaks to you as a vegetarian, not knowing. <laughs> yes. But uh, I had a great time eating that delicious dish and watching the movie. Yeah. 
But but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought they So obviously really... you're making the recipe wrong if you think the fish goes in. <laughs> Let me guess, you just put pesto and pasta together? I had tomato in there too. Doesn't traditionally have tomato in it. Well, it I don't care. I did my own spin on it. So the specific dish that he makes several times in the movie, I can't remember what it's called. It's got pesto in the title. I know <laughs> yes. that. But it is literally pesto, potato, uh, green beans, and of course, linguine. Mm. Which, of course, is, is relatively easy to make. It takes about half an hour if you're going to make your own pesto. Maybe 15 minutes if you're not. Nice. I've done it twice now. Yeah. <laughs> Both times I watched the movie. <laughs> so, first time I made it after watching the movie. The second time around I made it before watching the movie so I could eat it while watching the movie. It looks so good in the movie. Like, it so, looks you're just so having delicious. the bastardized version. Yeah. I did At least you're attempting it. Oh, you know. I, it's close. So, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, those are my thoughts on the movie. Loved it. What Basically, everybody who's watched and enjoyed this movie has had a craving for that part <laughs> and has gone out and emulated it themselves. Yeah. So, that's crazy. And I think that's a really good sign that uh, movies encouraging people to go out and cook, especially a simple dish like that. But, you know, it's, it's try expanding their horizon. Yeah. Try something different. It's not the most, like, you know, complicated pasta in the world, but it's, it's really tasty and it's really good. And I think if people are inspired, that's amazing. Whenever on our show have you watched a movie and you're like, I really want that dish. In our show, um, I can't really remember. I remember watching uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and having a craving for some of the cocktails. That's yes. as close as yeah, I, I was the same with that. Think of that. I I can't think of a f- dish though. No, I can't. I don't. I, can't I remember, remember really wanting a steak after watching The Irishman, but we didn't cover that on on this show. And, oh, and doing the the dipping the, yes. the bread into the wine. So when we watched The Irishman, we bought a bunch of bread and dipped it in wine, and, and that wine, was fantastic. Yeah. And, and then Maddie D drank two bottles of red wine. I got so drunk because <laughs> he did, he did like the dipping of the bread a couple of times. Then he just went glug, 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 and drank <laughs> two whole bottles of wine, mind you. What happened at the end of The Irishman? Who knows. We never got to the end. <laughs> we turned it off halfway through once we were done with the wine dipping scene. We, we watched something else, right? And we put on Goodfellas. <laughs> we did, didn't we? <laughs> Which also has uh, famous uh, food scenes in it as well. Yeah, with the garlic, chopping the garlic. So, I think I think this is a staple of every like classic movie involving an Italian family or at least set in Italy. There's always They're always like defined by their iconic food scenes. And I think Luca is no different. So, think about like The Godfather. There's so many like iconic food scenes in that. Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. We're just talking about mafia movies now, but you know, they're always very uh, highly acclaimed Italian driven movies. But yeah, back to back to your thoughts on Luca. Were you basically wrapping yeah, up? That, yeah, that was me just wrapping up. I really enjoyed it. I would recommend it to anyone. I think Did it's we ever a- finish your second time watching Experience? Does this tie into the ending? Well, yeah, we my second time watching it was when I ate the pasta. Okay. And enjoyed it. I thought you were going to say like you were preempting the sad ending and you're like. Like I was, because I was preempting the sad ending, because I remember being sad the first time I watched it and tearing up a bit. I was like, will I tear up this time? Did now you? that I know it's coming, will I tear up? It made it worse. Oh, really? Because when I know it's coming, it makes it worse for me. Just yeah. like, a, like, a, like a horrific scene in a movie, like a scare <laughs> that's genuinely scary in a movie, or like something that's really sad or something that's really sort of um, upsetting or disturbing. Knowing it's going to happen for me, like the anticipation makes it worse yeah, okay. than going in blind. Like, going in and having, like, genuine sadness or genuine shock or a genuine scare. Like, the anticipation of a scare is always worse than an actual scare. But I wasn't frightened in this movie. So, but the anticipation of it being sad made the sad scene even sadder for me. Right. Because I knew what was going to happen. So, like, when uh, when Alberto was just like, well, there's something I've got to tell you, Luca. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> My eyes started watering straight away. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, okay, I've seen it once. I, it won't get me a second time. It did. Yeah. It did. But um, it also is a very sweet ending as well in the sense of like, it had a lot of hope behind it. So, yes. I, you cry, but you kind of feel good. 
You're yeah. Like, oh, this is really Especially pleasant. when you see the, the, the animated sort of stills, the yeah. hand-drawn stills during the end credits of what yeah. happens next in their lives. Yeah. How you see Luca going to the school, him being open about being a, uh, a, a sea monster. Mm. You see Alberto and Massimo connecting. Yeah. And then them sort of becoming like a father-son sort of uh, relationship. It's a good time. Obviously, we're still talking about your thoughts here, but I like that my thoughts have just bled over. <laughs> yeah. Bled. Everybody already knows that I like this movie. Yeah. I think it's the best Pixar movie we've covered on this show. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Because originally I was just like, well, Onward is the best one we've covered. And then I was like, well, Soul is the best one we've covered. And now uh, <laughs> I definitely like those two are like way down in the dust. This is and so- And Luca is, is so much better. This is so charming and so heartwarming. They put a lot of love into that, into this movie yeah. and it really shows. There's so much little detail that shows through and it all works for the movie. So much good food in the movie. <laughs> that, really, that made me hungry. So <laughs> I was glad I was eating pasta while watching it. It was a good time. Uh, now, I think this is a perfect example to finally put this this whole argument to bed. Matty D on this show has always excused <laughs> really subpar or bad children's movies by just saying, I'm not the audience for this. Sure. So, you know, I'm never going to like it, so I can't really judge it because it's not for me. Now, I think this movie is a perfect example of why children's movies can be for everybody and can really appeal to us and just have really a, a broad appeal that can speak to almost everybody. So, while being targeted at children, and I would say that this movie is targeted towards children than any other audience, this is a perfect example of how children's movies should be approached. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would agree. I would say that they definitely targeted this movie primarily to children, but also to the inner child of everybody. Yeah. Yes. And why can't they do that with every fucking children's movie that we cover on this show? Why does it have to be for the lowest common denominator? And why do you give it an excuse every time? You can't use the excuse, oh, it's not for me because I'm not the intended audience, because you should be the intended audience. And this movie proves that. I'm not always going to be the intended audience, though. But for this movie, I'm more like, I'm, I'm more of the intended audience than other movies. Why are you? Uh, because it's a, a movie that's inspired by movies that I grew up with. Okay, I guess I guess that's a good reason. What a good answer, Maddie D. You, you, but I didn't watch the same movies. This. I didn't watch the same movies growing up, and I had the same experience you did. Well, it, it appeals to your past love. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm a big fan of Italian culture okay, and you, uh, food. To your point, yes, this is an example of a really good kids movie that can get everybody, can transcend genre. Yes, there you go. Yes, and can speak to everybody. So it's better than say Tom and Jerry. Yes, or even. Frozen 2. Yes. I think it's a much better movie than Frozen 2. Didn't make the same money that Frozen 2 did. Unfortunately, thanks to COVID. Thanks to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it's important that we point out as well, we mentioned this in our best and worst of 2021 as well. Our good friend Jody, who has been listening to the show from the start and is still a loyal listener. Thanks very much, Jody. Hey, Jody. What a good friend. Uh, she loves this movie. I think she said this was the best movie that we've covered. And she said that the reason she really liked the movie was because it reminded her of a childhood that she never had. What a great way to put it, because I feel the same way. I didn't, I yeah. didn't grow up in a, you know, an Italian Riviera town, which would be fantastic. I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. But it does, it does sort of speak to your you know, childhood. It makes you feel- I, I sort of uh, butchered what she said, the beautiful way that she expressed herself. But basically, what it boils down to, it makes you nostalgic for a childhood that you didn't have. Yeah. So, you watch it and you're like, oh, that reminds me of my childhood in a way that is not at all like how my childhood was. Because <laughs> I was sitting in the corner playing Nintendo 64, <laughs> wondering if Mario has underpants on under his uh, overalls. The big questions, kid. Instead of eating gelato off the ground covered in ants. <laughs> all right. So, if that's everything we're going to say about Pixar's look, have you got any final thoughts on Luca? 
I it's think going to be said, a short episode otherwise. I think, I think I've said everything I wanted to say about Luca. I would recommend it to anybody who's interested in that kind of Oh, movie. yeah. That's a good point. Um, so, you'd recommend it to everybody? Uh, yeah, I would recommend it to ev- everybody. I think if you're looking for something to watch, yeah, definitely put this on. If you've got kids, if you want to show your kids something, I would definitely recommend yeah. this one. Or if you're keen on watching it yourself, if you're the person who animated movies appeal to you, mm-hmm. you're a fan of Pixar stuff in the, in the past- Watch this one. You'll enjoy it. The only person I wouldn't recommend this movie to is my mum because she doesn't like these kind of movies. She doesn't? No, she doesn't like animated movies. And even if there's a movie like there's a combination of live action and animation, for example, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or uh, Osmosis Jones, if you ever watched that movie. Mary Poppins. Yeah, Osmosis Jones. I know that one. Yeah. Because I remember I showed her Osmosis Jones and she was just like, well, I like the live action segments. I'm like, they're such a small part of the movie. (laughs) So she wouldn't like this movie. She's the only person in the universe who I wouldn't recommend this movie to. So there's one. Everybody else. There's one. Watch your way. Maybe this is the movie that she'll, you know, she'll enjoy. Maybe she'll be like, you know what? I can't see it. No? <laughs> can't see it happening. Can't see her putting this one on. There's no dogs in it, so she won't enjoy it. <laughs> and there's a cat. Damn. Yeah, exactly. So, let's wrap it up for another week. But before we do, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting next week. And of course, we're returning to a franchise oh, here we go. that we've covered in the past. I go. don't know if this is going to be the final installment in this franchise or Kid, not. They're going to make like 150 of these things. Yeah, as long as Vin Diesel's alive and ticking. Because next week, we're going to predict the plot of Fast X, also known as Fast 10, your seatbelts. I wish they were calling it that. They're not. <laughs> they missed a huge opportunity there. Vin Diesel was probably like, no. <laughs> you're not doing you're not calling it fast tenure seatbelts. <laughs> this is a serious franchise. <laughs> God. I need to ruin it some more. Yeah, so it's okay. just called Fast X. Yeah. So we people are too lazy apparently we, to say Fast and Furious Ten. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. So we covered Fast and Furious Nine, also known as F9. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it FX? <laughs> That's what I want to know. FX would be cool. Isn't there a channel called FX? I don't know. They probably legally can't call F- it that. FX Tricky. Call it that. Yeah, that's a good title. Yeah. What you're saying, though, I totally stepped on your point. Oh, there. we get to explore our relationship with the Fast and Furious franchise because yeah. it's becoming like a, a relationship, like, like a marriage almost. A this will be marriage. our third Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. So we're going back to that well. I'm looking forward to it. It always Can't wait to talk about Jason Momoa for the first time on this show. It's always worse every time we go back to the well. Every time we go back to the well, it's always what a little is more bit stagnant, more painful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this was worse than I remember it being. Last time I came here, there was a puppy swimming in the water. This time, the puppy's dead. <laughs> wow, that was a dark image Very dark. to take us out of Luca. Very dark. But that's just the mindset we've got to take going into Fast X. So please join us next week for that. And until then, see you next time, stupido. to watch me eat a big sandwich. Hmm? What's wrong with you, stupido? Huh? Shut your mouth, pussycat. They found me on macchiato. Pronto. <laughs>